attention around generative AI in the consumer goods and retail industries hasn't slowed. And most of the companies we're talking with tell us they're trying to figure out how it could make sense for their business. So in this episode of Tech Transformation, I'm talking with Thomas Ortiz, Chief Marketing Officer of eBoost, an energy drink and supplement company that's using it to chat with digital twins of its customers. We're talking about where it's seeing benefits, what it has planned, and what a digital twin of a customer looks like. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of Tech Transformation. Welcome to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. I'm Lisa Johnson, the Editor-in-Chief of CGT. And today I'm talking with Thomas Ortiz, Chief Marketing Officer of eBoost, about generative AI and digital twins. Thomas, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome to have you here. Uh, get us started. Tell us just a little bit about yourself and tell us just a little bit about eBoost. Sure. So my name is Thomas Ortiz. I'm the CMO at eBoost. Um, I've been with the company for 11 years now. eBoost was actually my first job out of my uh, MBA experience that I had in the U.S. I'm originally from France. I did my master's degrees in France, moved to the U.S. to learn English, fell in love with the country, and then moved to New York and found eBoost immediately. I started as um, a demo rep doing samplings and demos in Whole Foods. And I then took over a marketing role and then became CMO uh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, and eBoost is a natural energy drink company. Um, we provide energy supplements, uh, energy drinks, and recovery products that are better for you, uh, non-GMO, and super clean. Awesome. Very exciting. Um, okay, so you said that eBoost was your first job after getting your MBA, but on Tech Transformation, we'd like to start out with just a little bit of an icebreaker and talk about what was your first job, your first ever job? So right after my master's degrees in France, I did an internship as in an event agency in Paris. Um, that internship was for a year, and during that time, English became uh, an issue, and I realized that not speaking English was going to hurt my career. So I moved to the U.S. right after that, did a language school for six months uh, in Chicago, and then I did my MBA in St. Louis, moved to New York right after graduation, and I found eBoost within two months. So eBoost was truly my first truly paid job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that's super exciting. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your favorite eBoost product? Um, so I have two. It's hard to pick between the two. Um, I drink the power pre-workout every day before my workout. If I don't have it, I don't have the same workouts. Um, <laughs> but then I would drink a super fuel energy drink during the day instead of coffee. So I'll do the pre-workout in the morning. And then right after lunch, I'll have a super fuel energy drink. And my favorite flavor would be the blue raspberry. Wow, very nice, very nice. For anyone who can't see, who's listening on the podcast, he just held up the can. Uh, so that's awesome. Thanks so much for that background and, and for telling us about your background. Um, today, you're here to talk about uh, generative AI and digital twins, which are two topics that are of great interest to the CGT and RAS audience. So uh, first off, let's talk about a little bit about the technology. You realize you're not um, the tech provider for the technology, but for eBoost, um, you know, talk about why you were drawn to creating a digital twin of your customers and, and what that looks like. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Ebus, we've been in business for 14 years now, but we were, you know, we're pretty much still a very uh, startup kind of company. We have, you know, very few employees. 
uh, we just launched on an energy drink in 2019 and that kind of became our hero product. And before that time, most of our sales came from online and, and, and DTC sales. So we had a lot more control over our customers. But after launching Superfuel and, you know, really ramping up our retail presence, we launched in CVS last year in all locations in the country, which was a drastic change for us. And now we went from 80% online business to, you know, 80% retail business for our company. And oh, with, that is a big change. Yeah. And with that came um, a challenge, which we didn't see coming, uh, is that we don't have control over our customers. We don't know who they are exactly. And, uh, you know, being a small company, we don't have the budget or the bandwidth to um, go out and, you know, do very, like, deep studies and focus group and, and you know, get data from ROI data and spin data and all these, like, very expensive kind of um, traditional way to get consumer insights. And so we were looking into tools to try to find, you know, those like, key information we are missing to try to be able to sell to our customers in a better way. And provide a, a you know a, a more a more data driven I guess experience to our customer and understanding where they're coming from, what they think about the product and and all those details. So we stumbled upon uh, Native, um, and I thought it was a very interesting tool. That was at the beginning of 2022 that we decided to to, to do a partnership with them. But I was looking at them for maybe like a year prior to that and. AI wasn't as big at the time. Um, <laughs> that in fact, 20 years ago, back, yeah. in, you know, back in January. It, it was pre-chat GPT. And so we just thought that it was a very interesting tool. We thought that it was a very cost-effective way to get some great data insight uh, for our customers. So how is this different from maybe some of the other things that you were trying? Yeah, so, you know, when you look at tools like ChatGPT and those, like, you know, generic, I guess, AI uh, tools, they the data they're collecting and the data sources they're using for the AI to learn and give you uh, a, a response is pretty gray. You know, we don't really know exactly where they're getting all the data. And with Native, what I like is that the, the concept of digital twins is that they essentially create a digital clone of your customer based on all the reviews uh, posted on websites like Amazon, your own website, and other retail partners that they have. And so the source of the data that are collecting and the way we can tell the AI exactly who we are and the data points to look at um, creates a result that's a lot more um, actionable um, and that has a lot more meaning than just like a generic prompt you would do on ChatGPT. So it, was just, it just felt more custom to us. Um, and the, the digital twins also allow us to do it for, you know, our own customers, but we can do it for our competitors as well. And so it can help us learn things like, what do people not like about other energy drink brands? You know, what flavors do they prefer? What ingredients do they want to see in a product or might not want to see what format and size? And, you know, like we sell a product in a can, you can't reseal the can. Is that an issue? Is that a plus or a pro or a con? So all this kind of like information we're able to find through those digital twins, whether it's ours or our competitors. So there's really two parts to this, right? So you created a digital twin, um, you know, a virtual replica of your customer, and then comes in the generative AI component. So how is that working? How does that come into play? Yeah, so this one was definitely a little bit of a learning curve. And I found that to be the case with any generative AI tools out there, the way you are going to prompt the AI is going to be critical to get the result that you want. 
uh, the amount of information and details and context you provide gives you a, a better answer. And I think that working with Native was super useful in the sense that we were having, we were able to have a team help us, you know, do the right prompt for the AI so that we can get the right output. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's also true for any type of like traditional surveys or focus group. We used to do surveys online to our, you know, our customers through email, uh, all those like online, you know, um, anonymous surveys. And, and the issue is that if you don't ask a question properly or if the choices are in an order versus another, you might get a different output because you're kind of like, you know, introducing a, a biased opinion in a way for the customer when they're mm-hmm. reading it. Um, and so I think the same thing applies to generative AI in general. The way you prompt is uh, critical to the answer you are going to get. Um, and so, yeah, having a team to help us navigate that was extremely helpful. How have the other members of your team, how have they been reacting to the technology? Have they been, uh, there's a lot of strong feelings when it comes to the use of generative AI, um, both ends of the spectrum, and then a lot of people still in the middle. So where are you finding your team members? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're a startup. And so I'm, our mentality is to always try to find like ways to get, you know, more for less in a way. And I feel like we all see AI as a way to just get exactly that, you know, being able to just do a prompt whenever we want. We don't have to set up, you know, this whole production for a focus group or a survey. Uh, it's quick and easy whenever we have an idea in mind or a question or a hypothesis we are trying to uh, check on. We can just use a, a prompt on generative AI to get a quick answer. Um, and I felt like the whole team felt that it was a very exciting tool. I think that some of them might have a harder time understanding maybe what is the actual use? So what are the actual benefits? Mm-hmm. So how can you concretely apply what you learn to, you know, our real life experience? And we've, we were able to do that. So I think now everybody's on board. Do you see any other future potential or do you have any plans you can talk about how else you're planning to use this or, or maybe ways you might hope to use it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what, one immediate use we've been um, implementing for, for a few months now is being able to use generative AI to get the right messaging for our customers and provide a more custom experience to them through what they care about. You know, like our products are super clean. You know, we use natural caffeine and, uh, you know, we don't use any artificial sweeteners, for example. A lot of other energy drinks out there who claim to be healthier use artificial sweeteners. And so for us, it's like, you know, how much do people care about that? You know, is that something we need to bring up in our copy when we do social media advertising, or is that something that people maybe not care that much? And so we try to get those findings through generative AI, and then we use what we find in different ads, and we test them in the market and see which one works and which one doesn't work. And I think we find that, you know, it's not like uh, the holy grail of the truth, and you don't get one answer that's always going to work. But sure, yeah, probably <laughs> pretty far from it. <laughs> exactly. But it just gives you like a guidance or like, you know, something, you know what, let's try this. It makes sense to us. You know, the AI responded this. We think it, it's, you know, it's a, something that we should test. And then we kind of go like that. And, and you know, it's, it's trial and error, obviously. But um, sure. more often than not, it kind of like, you know, drives us in the right direction. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, no, definitely most companies were finding really seeing it as a tool at this point, certainly not the, the cure-all for anything by yeah, any means. Exactly. So can you talk a little bit about what else is next for eBoost? I mean, beyond just generative AI and digital twins, you know, what's what's coming down the pipeline for you? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we are drastically expanding our retail distribution. So for us, 2023 and 2024 is all going to be about retail placement and, and marketing execution in retail. So uh, it's kind of like a new area for us. Um, but I think, you know, we are leveraging AI to try to get those key findings and especially getting data about our competitors is, is critical for us because we, you know, we're in a space with such large competitors that there is a lot of information out there, which is great for the AI to be able to give us, um, you know, more accurate answers. Um, and so we're able to yeah, leverage the AI to try to get into retail with, you know, in, in a way that's a little smaller, maybe than if we didn't have that tool available to us, um, you know, provide the right messaging, market in the right channels and target the right customers. So all important and exciting things. So that that's all sounds great. Um, so Thomas, I want to thank you so much for coming on Tech Transformation. I appreciate you joining. Tell us how you're using this uh, very exciting technology and, and hearing your story. Sure, of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. Be sure to subscribe to learn more innovative strategies and trends in the retail and consumer goods industries. And don't forget to visit rasnews.com and consumergoods.com to sign up for our newsletter.